Welcome to the Low Carb Leader Podcast, a podcast focused on optimizing health and performance through a low carb lifestyle. Every episode will bring you a step closer to living an amazing low carb life. Come join us for this exciting journey. And here is your low carb leader and host, Dan Perryman. Hello, and welcome to the Low Carb Leader Podcast. I am your host, Dan Perryman, and you have joined me for episode 73. Today, we have the second part of Exploring Keto with Maria and Craig Emmerich. Maria is a nutritionist who specializes in the ketogenic diet and exercise physiology. She got into the keto and nutrition world because she struggled with her health and weight throughout her childhood. She goes around the world speaking about ketogenic diets, and she has written numerous books, including several ketogenic cookbooks. Craig is an electrical engineer and is always focused on a systems approach to his work. He followed his wife, Maria, into the nutrition field and has since dedicated his time researching and looking at nutrition and biology from a systems perspective. And over the last eight years, they have worked with hundreds and hundreds of clients focusing on the ketogenic diet. If you haven't listened to part one, that would be episode 72, which was posted last week. And the video version is posted on the Low Carb Leader Facebook and YouTube channel. So check that out if you want to see the video version. All right, on to part two with Maria and Craig Emmerich. You mentioned the three levels of keto adaption. Kind, yeah. of, kind of walk us through those. Sure, yeah. And we see this with clients, and it, it, it really helps them, I think, in this book, by explaining it, understand the process more. Because we're, again, a vain society. You, know, you want to go on this 21-day, you know, Weight loss. Weight loss thing where you quickly in 21 days reverse 10, 20 years of damage, right? That's the, the you know, marketing of it. But really, this is a lifestyle. And we want to, I think these stages really help people understand that. And we see it again and again with clients where when you restrict the carbohydrates down to, you know, maybe 20 grams a day, you will start throw, showing elevated blood ketones in two to three days. That's not a state where you're like really keto adapted because you'll still be sluggish. You'll still, you're, you're making higher ketones. In two or three days, you start showing elevated ketones um, in the blood, but your body's not efficient at using those uh, ketones or free fatty acids for fuel yet as the primary fuel. And it takes about four to six weeks. And what actually happens are studies that I uh, reference in the book. Your body actually makes more mitochondria. And if you look at the, the oxidation of fats versus glucose, fats are harder to oxidize, right? There's a little bit more of a process to it. And so by the, the body, by making more mitochondria, it can oxidize more fat. And that's why after four to six weeks, performance equals out to, you know, when you're a glucose burner. Uh, because you make more mitochondria, your body gets more efficient at burning that fat and those ketones. And then you start to get that spike in uh, energy level and moods and mental clarity, all the things that come with being keto. And then <clears throat> there's continued improvements that happen over time. We, I say like, you know, in the months range, maybe six months, your body continues to get, you know, it's turning over more white adipose tissue to brown adipose tissue, which is kind of like activating your fat, uh, which gives metabolic advantages. There's, you know, all these things that uh, happen down the road, and Bullock and Finney even have a study that show one year after being keto, these athletes were seeing efficiency and performance improvements still. 
So a year wow. later, they're still seeing in, you know, incremental improvements. And we'll see this from clients too, where two years after being keto, all of a sudden, all of a sudden they'll lose you know 10 more pounds and they, they weren't expecting to lose anymore they didn't change anything yeah. their body just keeps you know but ratcheting up you're talking about mitochondria and in the book we talk about different ways besides food that you can enhance your mitochondria we talk about brown fat and activating that like with cold therapy you know yep, running yep. out in the cold we actually have a bathtub outside that we run cold water to and you can take an ice bath outside um because we're all about you know, being outside, getting that sunlight, not being in fluorescent lights all the time, getting the vitamin D on and getting your cold therapy on. That's huge with activating brown fat. Right. But, you know, these hospitals are shooting up left and right, these cryotherapy yep. hospitals. And it's like, just go outside. It's free. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump to hormones a little bit. So I know, Marie, you've, you've known a lot about horm hormones in the past. Did you learn anything new with the book or is that just an always ongoing learning? It's always ongoing learning on, you know, what happens and it's, you know, when you eat this food and this hormone and even like the timing of your eating, um, how intermittent fasting can enhance that human growth hormone, that fat burning hormone. Um, but I guess, yeah, like I told you, I grew up with PCOS and learning all the different foods that really affect that. It's not just carbohydrates or sugar. It's also caffeine. Um, it's a little frustrating when we hear that, oh, caffeine will raise your ketone levels, but it's, it's affecting different hormones that are going to affect your weight if that's your goal. But it's also like there's women that are not overweight that still have PCOS and cutting caffeine is really important. I can't, I can't touch it. I still can't. Um, but just, uh, also studying sleep and how that affects your hormones. Um, something interesting was um, when we studied uh, sleep deprivation, even after only three nights of six hours or less, your cells start to look like a diabetic. And just how so many people are living in the state of six hours or less, right, and they think right. they're getting by on that. Um, and it's really not doing anybody's a favor when it, I mean, fasting is so much easier when you can sleep well. Um, and, uh, it helps with leptin and ghrelin and all those different hormones, your thyroid, your adrenal hormones. Yeah. I get so many people saying they have adrenal fatigue and they're taking all these adrenal supplements. The best thing to do is get, you probably need nine, 10 hours of sleep to help restore those hormones. Back to the d disease tree. One of the big root causes, not enough sleep. There's this uh, social jet lag study, like you said, Maria, the average uh, sleep is like six hours. And the funny part is they, they ask people reality and their perception of sleep is so different because they'll say, well, how do you feel? And I'm, I'm like, and they'll say, well, I'm great. And then they'll monitor their sleep and it's very substandard. And then they supplement caffeine. And I mean, that's how you get through your day when you're talking about sleep. I, I mean, I know this from personal experience when you're sleep deprived, you crave carbs. So talk a little bit about the science behind that because people know it, but your body actually is craving the glucose, right? For the energy. Well, well, Craig can talk about the science, but I was just going to say, if I'm at a wedding or a party and we're out late and I, I'm always up early. I love the sun. I get up, you know, early on at 5am on a Sunday, just because I, that's the way I roll. But I go to bed quite early. 
except for when we're at a party. And even I, who stick to the ketogenic diet, I am so much hungrier throughout the day. Fasting becomes almost a failure, if (laughs) you want to call it that. But I feel like I'm a bottomless pit, and I hear it from everybody. But yeah, there's a lot of science to it. Yeah, like you're saying, you know, we typically eat like two meals a day. We eat, you know, on a kind of an intermittent fasting kind of schedule. It's just natural. Um, and yeah, if I don't get good sleep one night, man, I will. I won't be able to do that. You know, I'll I'll have to eat an extra meal, or I'm just a lot more hungry. And it's that it's there, there's so much that goes on when you sleep. Like, and a big one of them is human growth hormone that is highest. Uh, like four hours after falling asleep, uh, or 30 minutes yeah. after falling asleep. Um, if you want to go, oh, yeah, that and that's like a, that's a big component of it. It is, um, you know, that's that that you don't want to eat right before bed because that all of our hormones run like waves of the ocean. You hear about weight loss is all about hormone manipulation, yeah, it is, and you can manipulate those with the what you eat, the timing of you when you eat, when you exercise, um. There's a lot of different components that go on with this. Even caffeine are gonna, that's going to affect all of them. Um, but leptin and ghrelin, the hormones that tell you that you're satiated and the hormone that tells the gurgle, the ghrelin, it tells you that you're hungry, those are significantly, ghrelin is significantly higher um, even after one night of six or less hours of sleep. Um, so I always ask people, so what's your goal? Because everybody's doing keto for something different. And they'll, I would say 99% of the time, say they want to lose weight, you know, be healthy and lose weight. And, you know, diving down, peeling back the onion, finding out about their sleep. I'll say, okay, I know what your goal is. But if we get, you know, good sleep and, you know, we get you to go number two every day, all that, everything's going to fall into place. Um, But sometimes it's not being able to fall asleep. Um, looking into all the blue light that we're right. exposed to. We have the old-fashioned blue blocker glasses. Um, Me too, yeah. You know, and doing cold therapy before bed is huge. We even have a chili pad on our mattress. It's a, it's a mattress cover with little tubes that run through it, and it goes down to a unit that's basically an air conditioner. Ah. It's cool. It cools, runs cool water through the bed and keeps, you, keeps the bed cooler at night. It's yeah. great. And the reason behind that is because your body needs cool to sleep well, right? Yeah. I mean, I got the blackout curtains and the blue blue blockers and all that. I keep it cool. But if you have a bunch of city light blasting you and your room's hot and you have your computer on and you have your iPhone next to your bed, that's not a good situation. So, and you know what I tell my friends is that you might think that you sleep well, but the quality is Quantity and quality are both important in sleep. Oh, we, we get all the time where people will, clients will be like, I'm having such vivid dreams all of a sudden. You right, know? right. Like they, they haven't had that forever Ever. because they've, they've never, never remembered their been dreams. getting those deep, you know, REM type of sleep. They were never getting that. And it's so important to get to that, you know, deep state and let your body recover and heal and but, you, you know, asking about hormones, um, not just the sleep aspect, but that kind of ties in the exercise chapter. The exercise chapter is different, but um, there's even a part of the dangers of over-exercising. And because I was guilty of that. I was running marathons, running in the morning and then the afternoon doing two-a-days all the time without a break. 
And all of a sudden I started, even though I was running maybe, you know, 20 miles a day, I was putting weight on, even though I was eating keto and really well um, and looking into the cortisol hormones and how I was raising that in the afternoon. And that's when it should start be falling. You know, I was messing up those adrenal hormones. Um, and so teaching you how to exercise in a way that you enjoy it. And then, cause I mean, you want to enjoy life. You want to be happy doing it, but teaching you in a way that you're still gonna, you know, get that rise of human growth hormone. You're going to get your muscle tone going, you know, muscles aren't built on keto alone. You know, you have to build that and that brings into the healthy bones, you know, the, the muscles and the healthy bones and all of that. What are the most common mistakes you see, not only in keto, but you brought up a great point about exercise and sleep. And what do you guys typically see people that they think it's positive as actually negative? Talk a little bit about that. Oh my gosh. Where should we start? Um, I guess my big thing is uh, dairy and nuts. Those are considered very ketogenic foods. And for a lot of people, um, they are holding people back from weight loss and they're both constipating. I know that, you know, nobody wants to talk about poo, but it's a big deal of what's going on inside. And one of the most common questions I get or complaints is, okay, I started keto and now I'm constipated. I'm not going number two. And I was like, are you eating dairy and nuts? Because those two things are super constipating. Um, but they also inhibit a lot of weight loss. The carbohydrates and nuts and nut flours, if you're making muffins out of almond flour and all of that type of stuff, um, we don't really have those in the house. Um, you know, that's gonna, those carbohydrates add up very quickly. You have to count in total if you wanna be successful. Uh, don't count nuts. That's a big misconception right there. Um, but also, you know, dairy. Um, someone said, yeah, I live off of, when I travel, I live off of macadamia nuts dipped in cream cheese. And I was like, well. well and nuts <laughs> and dairy. Yeah. <laughs> we have to revamp this. But, um, you know, but they're easy. Uh, so that's something that, you know, I never, in our, my, our meal plans, we don't have dairy or nuts. Um for our clients, just because yeah. it is, you know, they're uh, dairy. We all poo poo gluten, you know, that's like no gluten, right? But dairy is actually a more common allergen than gluten is. Um, but since it is a high fat food without any carbohydrates, and we live in Wisconsin, so it's like blasphemy to say don't eat yeah. cheese, you know? Yeah. Um, but it is, a, it is a big deal, especially if you have any type of skin disorders like eczema. Um, it's important to try to cut those out. Nuts are really deceptive too. You talked about oh, yeah. mac macadamia nuts. They're a good food from a ketogenic standpoint or whatever, but one handful is like, I don't know, 420 calories or something, yeah. you know? There's a picture I saw where it was two handfuls and you could, they didn't, they even, look the same. They didn't even look that different, but one was twice the calories of the other yeah. one. You know? and we're not so talking calories in calories out, but it is physics. I mean, so right. it makes sense. And that's, that's another one of the common misconceptions I think is, and it's almost kind of a, you know, this high fat, low carb kind of moniker. It's almost a little bit, uh, too, it's too bad it's called that just because uh, I think, you know, calling it ketogenic is, is, is a better way to term it. But the reason it, it can cause trouble is that they think the fat has to be high in the diet to be yeah. ketogenic. Yeah, yeah great point. That's not true. And I, I list a, 
a whole bunch of ways you can be ketogenic without having high fat in the diet. You can have a big bowl of white rice and put a bunch of MCT oil on it and read ketones. Are you in lipolysis? No, and that's why we say, what is your goal? Because if it's to, you know, again, if you have epilepsy, you know, seizures, cancer, yeah. MS, we're not going to limit that fat, you know, but if weight loss is your goal, putting MCT oil on white rice is not a good idea. Yeah, um, but you but, show high ketones. Right, but right. That that's not the goal, and a little bit of this too is you know not to chase that ketone level because there is absolutely zero evidence that correlates a specific ketone level to weight loss. results mm -hmm. to weight loss. So you could lose weight when your ketones are 0.3 or when they're 3.0. It doesn't. So that level, that's just a kind of a supply and demand fuel supply, right? It's how much fuel is being generated. And fuel versus how much is being used. It's the and I, my, I'm guilty of that. I work out and exercise exercise in a fasted state, and so my ketones dip really low, really really low. But you know what? They go right back up when you stop. So don't. And yeah. so many people say, "Well, I didn't eat 80% fat." There's this idea that this piece of the pie you need 80% fat. I didn't eat 80%, so I was doing shots of MCT oil before bed, and I was like. Let it come from your body because yeah. if you keep ingesting it, then there's no need for it to go to the harder process of utilizing your body fat for fuel. Well, and that's what I was saying about that moniker of high fat, low carb. The, what's important to understand is the high fat part comes from dietary and your own body fat when you're trying to lose weight. And even a and lean so person has a lot. And so even if you're lower in dietary fat than the 80%, you're still using 80% because the other part of it is coming from your stored body fat being used as fuel. So you're still getting 80% fat. It's just some of it's coming from your body. That's really hard for people to understand that. And MCT, a tablespoon, is like 110 calories too. It's like bulletproof coffees. You know, some of these people will put, you know, a couple tablespoons of MTT, a tablespoon of butter, and then some cream. And it's like and they say they're fasting get, it, until right. noon. It's like, well, you just ate 500 calories. But, you know, you, you put all this in and it's 400 and some calories of drink. And you're telling me if you sat down and had eight eggs, which is the same calories, a, you know, about the same amount of calories. That you wouldn't, I, I don't know if I'd eat again all day if I had eight right. eggs yeah. in right. one sitting. And that, you know, the nutrient density plays in that part where you get a lot more nutrients in consuming real food yeah. than shooting a shot of oil. But not just that, um, that comes back to the hormones, is that chewing your food, you talk about nuts, I want to say that the reason why nuts are really easy to overeat, there's something called sensory specific satiety, which is kind of hard to say, but you feel that crunch in your ears and it causes an addictive personality going on. That happens with chips, nuts, whatever's crunchy. Uh -huh. But chewing your food actually registers leptin and ghrelin much better than drinking calories. It tell, it's very satiating, the whole act of chewing and swallowing sensors things in your brain to tell you that you've eaten, that you're full and satisfied um, instead of just drinking a yeah, bunch and, of calories. And back, there's a whole, I wanted to make a whole chapter on nutrient density because I think this is a very important part of the book as well that uh, is kind of been lost in common knowledge out there. How you need all these veggies. Uh, 
Yeah, how, you know, so the, you know, I think what happened is we had these kind of not good studies that pointed a finger at red meat as being bad, right? So the mainstream thought is that we got to avoid red meat. Well, if we do that, where are we going to get our nutrients? You got to add lots of fruits and veggies to get your nutrients, right? Well, if you backpedal from that and look at the, the real science behind everything and you look at meat by itself, it's, it's really nutrient dense. And it, uh, if you look at across the spectrum of vitamins and minerals, all those micronutrients. They beat kale it, like no other. Yeah. And everybody's so afraid of organ meat. Um, you know, like liver blows everything oh, off the yeah. chart. It's a super, super food. It's not, you know, goji berries or something. It's liver. Like it crushes just about any other food out there. And so incorporating that kind of nose to tail eating really is a super high nutrient dense way of eating. And people don't realize that. They don't look at a steak and think, look at all the vitamins and minerals. I'm right. But it is. But there, but it's there. And so that's, you know, I wanted to make sure to have this whole chapter to kind of bring that to life. Because people think of potassium, they think of bananas or yeah. potatoes or an avocado, mm -mm, beef. Yeah, beef yeah. has got just as much potassium as yeah. any of them. So. Well, I am on the right track. That's for sure. <laughs> okay, in our last few moments, Maria, maybe both of you talk about the no cooking recipes. What what kind of brought that about? Is it just people have a hard time cooking? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't like to clean, so I can't judge people that don't like to cook. Um, I, I love to cook. It comes easy for me. Uh, but I understand that we live in a society that they don't even take time to sleep. They don't want to take time to cook. And, you know, either, like I meet a lot of people traveling that travel all the time for work and they're just looking for really easy things. And I get it. I mean, we're really busy. And so we just, um, I mean, he's the mastermind behind making, I mean, he's the science guy that makes the percentage, the macros perfect and everything. So, um, you know, just working together with things that are tasty. I don't want, nobody wants to eat bark, right? Um, things that are tasty and yet super easy to make this a successful way of eating. Give us an example of something that's like for a, tra a traveler. Yeah. You know, so now in, in these meal plans, there's hard boiled eggs and people say, well, I got to cook though. You can get hard boiled eggs at the at store. A gas station. You know, and, and at stores. But like smoked salmon. So, I'm a, I'm a fan of smoked salmon big time. And we eat that a lot when we travel because I don't like regular salmon, but anything smoked is awesome. So we do a lot of smoked fish, but you can buy all of that right. um, and get wild caught and stuff yeah, without or, sugar. You know, a little bit of an egg salad type thing or chicken salad where you get tuna salad, get, a, get some chicken, cooked cook chicken breast and you mix in some mayo. And the and pork yes. rinds have gone from bark tasting to really good <laughs> ones that like pork clouds and epic. They all make really good that don't taste stale and gross. We have a Whole food near us and everything you're describing, like, yeah, you can actually eat. You can eat pretty well now and not even, yeah. not even yeah. cook. Yeah. yeah. And, and the key was just, you know, getting, so the, you know, you're hitting a good protein number, yeah. keeping the carbs really low and getting a, a range of fat that'll help them lose weight, you know, which is what the goal is. So. I just took a picture of my pantry this morning to post on Instagram and there's, uh, my kids love sardines. There's smoked oysters in there. There's uh, smoked mackerel. I mean, these are all like that you can get in little tins. Right. I know they sound weird, but once you, you know, open up that palate, I was the pickiest eater. Like I seriously. And now 
um, your, your palate will change if you give it a chance. And so are your kids. Oh, and one other thing I want to make sure to add is, uh, you know, somebody's going to say, well, if you're not getting all these veggies, where are you getting your fiber from? <laughs> no, number one, I think fiber is overrated, and there's a whole thing about that in the book. But fiber, uh, typically people talk about on a ketogenic diet to feed the gut flora, right, as a prebiotic. Well, guess what? Um, plant fiber is not even close to collagen for being a prebiotic. Collagen is much more uh, fermentable. Our favorite so, ways to get that, baby back ribs. And so, you know, <laughs> eating those connective parts, the, the wings, the ribs, sardines, you know, eating the bones and the connective parts, you're getting a ton of prebiotic for the, for the gut flora. So I mean, you don't need the fiber. And if you think about newborn babies, they don't get any fiber. And they go number two all the time. Yeah. That's not the issue when it comes to constipation. Fiber <laughs> actually can cause bulk to the stools and cause more pain going on. Yeah. Usually well, it's salt if they have constipation. Salt, not yeah, because they're salt. not hydrated enough. That's cool. Well, we are running out of time, but I want you to talk about how people can find your book, how they can find you, kind of take us through all the channels. We're very grateful that you had us. Um, I have a blog with, I don't know, thousand plus recipes um, and tips and tricks at mariamindbodyhealth.com. We also have a Facebook. Yep. Uh, and there's a... Our, just Keto Adapted. Yeah, Keto Adapted <laughs> is our Facebook page. And then we have a, a web page that's a support group where they can have, get a subscription and get support from us. That's keto-adapted.com. We do weekly Sunday meetings and everybody can ask their questions yeah. and it's okay. a nice Support. community. Yeah. And then uh, one thing I want to point out, we've talked a lot about the keto book coming out just before it is actually a dairy free, eat quick and easy book. It's yeah. called what? It's easy dairy free keto. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's really like um, being from Wisconsin. I know that you love that mouthfeel of dairy and all of that. So I try to create easy recipes that still give you that, taste and mouthfeel that so you don't miss it keto comes out january 9th january 9th yeah it's a well-written book comprehensive in every way it was pushed out a month because of international interest and so they wanted to make sure that um they ramped up we ramped up and we just uh decided to wait i was just saying the easy dairy free comes out actually a week before that so january 2nd so we're just grateful for everybody i mean most people don't know that I mean, there was a time when we had nothing and we lost everything and we're very grateful for all the love and support and we love helping people. So if you do have and questions, feel free to ask them on Facebook. We're really quick to respond. For me personally, it's been quite a journey. I, I got to a point where I worked for Honeywell and I was working for the military, making you know systems and stuff for the military. And to go from something like that to the, the reward that I get from helping people now has been a really an amazing journey. That is so. quite a change. All right, Maria and Craig, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank, thank you. you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Thank you for being with us today. And we hope that you are on the road to your successful low carb lifestyle. Become a leader in your health and a leader in life. Check us out at www.thelowcarbleader.com. And remember to join Dan again next time on the Low Carb Leader Podcast.